Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beep-a-dow Shibbity-beep-a-dow That's right It sure is yeah, it is. Anyways, welcome to episode number 83. 83? 83. Or as some people would say, uh, Acht und Dreiz... Oh, no. Drei und Acht Zig. <laughs> some people may say that, but we would say 83 <laughs> of American Brews and Tunes. Yes. Uh, I know the last time we recorded was a little, little while ago. We, it's been quite a while. And I know that last episode was a one-off. We reviewed the Weaker Than's reunion tour. Um, and we, we've just been a little lagging, a little slacking. Little slackers over you know, here. How's it goes? You know, you know, like that one movie, Slacker? Yeah, or that band, Lagwagon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, um, we decided that we wanted to get another episode out, so we're doing another one-off. Yeah, of, uh, another fantastic album. Yeah, we are reviewing for you all today the album The Greatest Generation by The Wonder Years. <laughs> I was almost gonna say the wonder thans because I had the weaker thans, the wonder thans, or the weaker years. Yeah, I'm getting my the W bands, bands mixed up. Maybe, oh, maybe I'll do a collaboration. Wouldn't that be weird? It'd be very weird. I, I did look at some of Pup's set lists from their tour. Oh yeah, and they're playing a plea from a cat named Vertute. Are they really? Yes. Whoa. Maybe just a Canadian tribute thing. I don't really know. I hope they play that in Nashville. I hope so too. I'll be happy. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, we'll see though, because that's coming up next week. I think right. Yeah, next week. Um, Whenever that is, 20-something. Tuesday. When? Yeah. Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. One of those days, they'll be here in Nashville, and it's going to be great. They'll be here, and we'll be here. Yes. By the time this episode comes out, the show will already be over. So if you went, congratulations on the great time. If you didn't go... Too bad. Go to see them again somewhere don't, else. Don't be square. Get the tickets... For pup, but according to Huey Lewis in the news, it's hip to be square. Well, it's hip to be square. That's according to them. Well, I believe them. Is it hip to be any shape though? Um, everyone's a shape. What does it mean to be a shape? Uh, I don't know. Um, I was looking at. I saw something recently where they said, uh, um, don't be square, be there, or wait, be wait, be there or be, be square. there or be square. <laughs> yeah, be there or yeah. be square. And then they were like, because you wouldn't be around if you weren't there, so you'd be square. I guess it's clever, but it's a little cringy. I was like, hmm, interesting. All right, Dad, who wrote that <laughs> joke? Anyways, before, real, we, before we dive into this uh, so-called greatest generation, quote-unquote, whatever you want to call it, yeah, people Dow, um, let's, <laughs> let's go have a brew, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Um, we always like to have brews because that's part of the podcast. Yeah, who doesn't like to have and well part even of life? If, even if it wasn't part of the podcast, who doesn't just like to have brews? People who don't like brews, I guess. I don't know. I guess, yeah. But there's one. There's a brew for everyone, unless you're. I don't know. Unless you ha- have unless problems you have, with alcohol or gluten. unless you're yeah. If you have problems with gluten, and apparently all like the gluten-free beers taste terrible. Uh, there's that one gluten-reduced beer from Stone that's not bad. Yeah, but but it wouldn't you, make a difference if you yeah. had celiacs or something like yeah. that. But anyways, um, today we are having a beer that is a collaboration brew between yeah. Harpoon, which is from Massachusetts, and another Massachusetts beverage company, Dunkin' Donuts. Oh. Even though I think they're 
just going by Duncan now. They kind of rebrand. They are, aren't they? Yeah, they're like, yeah. We want to seem healthier, so let's not put donuts in the title. I guess I don't know. Even though there's, they still have donuts everywhere. Yeah. Well, they also have delicious breakfast sandwiches. They Mm. do actually. Um, But yeah, this is the Dunkin' Donuts and Harpoon Summer, or I guess it's the Harpoon Dunkin' Summer Coffee Pale Ale. Yes. Um, They had collaborated previously in which it was a coffee porter, which that makes sense. Mm -hmm. With the porters, you already have a a roasted flavor that lends itself well to almost being coffee-like. So when you add coffee to a pale ale, that's a little different. We've had a few other like IPAs or, or pale ales yeah. that have been coffee. Stone had the coffee pa- IPA. That Rogue had the delicious. cold press cold coffee. Cold press was also very good. Um, we also had the um, the depth charged arrogant bastard, which oh, was like espresso. Yeah. That one was pretty. That one was really good. Yeah, so it was very interesting. Though. It can work. I'm I'm curious it to see if it works in this work. one. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna be looking for like a nice. Not overpowering, overpoweringly bitter coffee flavor, along with the nice kind of hop weediness, bitterness. hop bitterness. Yeah, yeah so the pale ale. We'll see if they they go together. This clocks in at five percent ABV, <gasps> uh, and it has a IBU level of forty four. Forty four. That's pretty good. Yeah. So let's uh, crack it open. Crack we both have cans today, um, so not a problem there at all. All right. I just smelled it. It smells very good. What does it smell like? Um, like a beer. Well, <laughs> all of your descriptions are very on, on point. You said um, it smells it has, very good. It smells like a beer. It has a really nice, uh, the coffee smell really hits the nose whenever you sniff it. Yeah. I can't, I haven't smelled mine yet, but I'm looking at it in the glass and it doesn't look at all like coffee. It's a really nice color though. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a dull, it's like an amber, bright orange. Yeah. <laughs> dull bright. Dull bright. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a dullness to it, but also it's like brighter than some beer. So I'm having a hard time picking out what you call that. It just kind of looks like a darker hay color. Yeah. I'd say so. Uh, it looks really nice. A dull um, bright hay color. It's not crystal clear, maybe slightly hazy, but I wouldn't call it a hazy beer. No. You're definitely getting the uh, the classic uh, pale ale notes pale ale. on the t- on the nose. I do get a little bit of a malty nose also, yeah. uh, but with that hoppy presence, and I can smell the coffee. You definitely can smell the coffee, yeah. I mean, it doesn't smell like I'm stuffing my nose into a, a bag of coffee grounds. No, <laughs> but it's it's definitely there in, now, a, in a nice way. Do you think that they used Dunkin' Donuts coffee, or did they just label it as Dunkin'? Like, did, did they just partner with Dunkin'? Um, I. I'm almost positive they used Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Okay. Um, if they didn't, then that's really a lost cause. Shame on them. Yeah. If they shame didn't. on you. Yep. 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 Shame, shame on, shame you. on me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's say that we uh, give it a try ski. Give these a try ski. As we always say on American Brews and Tunes, and if you want to join us at home, down the coffee hatch. Mm. I think it's coffee up front. It really is, yeah. And kind of the coffee's on the the coffee's throughout. Actually, it's not just I. It hits you up front, and it's there for the whole ride. It's almost as if, uh, wait that that doesn't make any sense. Wait, well, when I tasted the coffee up front, I tasted it so like present that I was like, oh, this will probably disappear, and then I'll taste the hops. Yeah, but the coffee was kind of there the whole time. Throughout. Yeah, yeah, almost which like is the. The cream is present all the way throughout a cannoli. Um, not it isn't though. Really? Is it just yeah. in the ends? Yeah, they they'll oh, fill it on crap. both ends. Uh, a really good cannoli will have the cream meat in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So a really good cannoli, um, just like that. But a lot of times, 
the middle will be a little empty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just like a Twinkie. Laffy Taffy joke is goes through my soul and is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, where, where, is, where is this going? I don't know. It, like a Twinkie. It just fills you. <laughs> you it just fills just the Laffy Taffy jokes fill, uh, fill me with joy. Just and like keep me going throughout the day. Taco Bell it just <laughs> fills you up. Fills and me then, up with with disaster. And keeps coming disastrous through one end up the other. Fills you up with remorse right after oh, and yeah. regret. You go through the five stages of grieving. Garbage in, garbage out. Uh, how many stages of grieving are there? Six, uh, I don't know. Seven? Twelve. Thirteen? I think it's twelve. Um, I don't know though. Anyway, you go through all those steps whenever you have Taco Bell. But suffice to say, with all these examples, the coffee is present in the beer. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, um, what's your thoughts on the hops, good. the hop profile for the pale ale? It's not an IPA, so it's not going to be as aggressively bitter. Um, yeah, I kind of wish it were an IPA. Do you? Do you, you yeah. want more hops? Mm-hmm, I do. Um, the only reason I say that is because tasting this is just reminding me of uh, the cold press. Um, which one was that in New Belgium? I think or not was, New Belgium. It was Rogue. It was, uh, Rogue, yeah. Yeah. It just reminded me of that one and like how with that one, because since since the coffee flavor is, is fairly strong or mm-hmm. kind of like an aggressive flavor on your palate, it would be really nice to have those uh, more bitter hops to really punch through that flavor. So it's not just a Laffy Taffy going through your soul. There's like <laughs> multiple flavors of Laffy Taffy going through your soul. Except for the banana flavor. Yeah, except for that one. That was the worst flavor. <laughs> I still I still like it though. Like it's not bad. Uh it's better than the banana flavor of runts. If you've ever had that candy. Oh, I was talking about the beer. I wasn't I hate the Laffy Taffy banana flavor. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's the worst. I hate it yeah, so much. Yeah, that's why you said you it's still not bad and I was like, "Oh, I, yeah, I, was talking I about thought the beer. we just agreed that it was bad." <laughs> and then you're like, "It's not as bad as banana runts." I was trying to think of what's <laughs> what's as bad as the coffee or the uh the banana flavor of Laffy Taffy. And the yeah. runts, that banana flavor is way worse. I haven't had runts in a long time. Me neither, but I guarantee you the banana flavor is worse than those ones. Wait, runts? They're little, like, they're shaped Fruit like shape? the fruits, and they're hard candies. Oh, I was thinking of nerds for the longest time. Oh, no. Runts. Nerds are good. I like runts. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like the banana one. Anyways, um, as we always do in American Brews and Tunes, as the beer warms up, if the flavor profile opens up or changes in our opinions, we'll let you know. Otherwise, let's delve into the music. We shall... The Wonder Years, The Greatest Generation from 2013. 2013. Um, this is the fourth album from The Wonder Years. They are a Philadelphian pop punk band. Mm, um, yes. Fairly influential on like this second wave of pop punk. Like I'd say like the Blink-182, the early 2000s. That was like that first wave of pop punk. Uh, and then that kind of fizzled out. And this is like the resurgence with like The Wonder Years yeah um real friends those kind of kind of bands that popped up yeah it's not exactly the same like type of pop punk like this is more heavier faster like more uh some people call it sad boy punk sad boy pop punk yeah Yeah, that kind of like emo pop punk yes in a way Um, i could see that i'd say the wonder years are like the forerunners and probably my favorite out of that that wave yeah of uh bands from that subgenre or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um, anyways like i said this is their fourth album and it is the third installment of a self-described trilogy of records focusing on growing up so okay. that's that's kind that of what they sense. said they they've had uh 
two albums previously that, that kind of focused on similar things, um, all touching on them from different angles or aspects, but all kind of relating to growing up mm-hmm. in one facet or another. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a conscious thing that they're they're writing writing on that. And this a, album, it's a good subject to write on. It is. Everyone grows up. I mean, yeah. Everyone goes through those same things. I mean, I guess this is growing up. And growing so. up, you, everyone grows up constantly. So that that can mean something different depending on what age you're at. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, this album definitely tackles growing up. It reflects on the past, um, and it definitely examines loneliness, anxiety, depression, etc., on a very very personal level. One hundred percent. Yeah. Fairly autobiographical. Um, Dan Campbell, their uh, their songwriter and frontman, is very open and personal in his lyrics. Like a lot of times, he'll reference friends by first names, mm-hmm. almost like he's telling, like like it's almost like it's a mutual friend between him and the listener. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I was talking to to Jake and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Or me and Ken were at a diner, and like you're saying all these things. I'm like I don't know who these people are, but yeah. clearly it's he's like talking about these specific moments and specific friends. So it's it's very autobiographical for the most part. Hmm. Um, the title is a reference to a generation, like a literal generation in America, uh, of the people who were around during World War II. Yes, um, the greatest generation, yeah. Yes, so they're, they are commonly referred to as the greatest generation. Um, but I think my generation's the greatest generation. <laughs> Just like the Who, talking about my g- 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 generation. generation. Um, about, I forgot about that song. It's a great song, isn't it? My generation. People try to put us d- down. Great bass Talking solo. About that. my generation. Uh, but anyways, the the greatest generation, kind of that era, gives leeway to some imagery and references that'll pop up throughout this album. Yeah, and, um, and either directly or in some of the words he uses or yeah, chooses to, to describe. Um, throughout this album, it almost seems like he switches like storytellers. Almost, you think? Kind of, in a way. It could like be. he switches from like that era to like the '90s and like the current era. Yeah, and yeah, like, definitely different perspectives from those times. I can see that. Um, there is a deep literary conception throughout the album. Um, it's consciously made by Dan Campbell, um, similar to their previous album, Suburbia. I've given you all, and now I'm nothing. Um, which that album focused on a poem called America by the poet Allen Ginsberg. Hmm. Um, And it like that popped up throughout the entire record. If you were to read that poem and then listen to that record, like, wow, he really did that on purpose. Um, But in a good way. So he he definitely makes these literary choices throughout the record to tie it together. Um, And so uh, that kind of starts my following of this record and when I want to interpret the lyrics. Okay. And so I'm kind of looking for connections and sometimes I may be stretching what they actually mean or not. Okay. Uh, but I found myself making connections all over the place. Whether they were intentional or not, it's hard to say for sure without actually asking Dan Campbell. But I bet you there's more than one that I, I, I probably made connections that were supposed to be that way. Okay. Otherwise, maybe I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but if you were to listen to this record, read all the lyrics, I'm sure you could find them. Mm-hmm. Um, my history with this record, this is the first album I listened to by The Wonder Years. I think it was the first one that I listened to as well. Yeah, prob- I, I think it was for you too. But uh, it was be- because my buddy Matt Reynolds, shout out Matt Reynolds. Matt Reynolds. Um, he sent me a message once when they released their song, The Devil in My Bloodstream. And he told me to listen to it. And yeah. he gave me the background information of what that song meant. And I was like, oh, this song's pretty cool. And then I was a fan of The Wonder Years after that. Hmm. Um, they've been releasing good music consistently, um, and I don't, I don't know. this is probably my favorite of their records. But yeah. uh, they've, they've got a ton of good ones. 
Um, this is one of their, well, all their records are actually rated really high universally, like with critics, with uh, consumers, whoever one. But this one for sure was um, universally acclaimed by everyone. Yeah. Um, so shall we delve in? We shall. All right. The first song is called There, There. There, comma, There. I really like this song. I do it's too. It's a fantastic album opener. It starts off really soft. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it is soft because of the first couple lines. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like apologizing for being awkward You're just and different. To read. Yeah, and he's so he's explaining to this person like why he's apologizing, and I'd imagine he'd be timid and soft in his explanation. Yeah. And that's the way that the song starts. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what I would like say is that's that he's expressing the apology through the soft music at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I agree this, with that. This whole thing kind of crescendos up and, and kind of turns into, I don't want to say a rager, but it definitely yeah, gets it's definitely, a lot bigger. I would say it turns more like anthemic almost. Yes, anthemic's a better word. Um, Not really raging. Yeah. But I, I think it's super duper catchy. It really is, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it just starts off whenever uh, he says, uh, what does he say? He says, I'm sorry I don't laugh at the right times. Yeah, I'm sorry I don't laugh at the right times. Sorry I don't laugh at the right yeah, like throughout this whole album, you they have have a lot of really catchy little guitar riffs like that. Yes, this is a band that I think really utilizes all of their guitar players. Yeah, because they they have a really big band. They have three guitar players. Yeah, and if you listen uh, like to a good stereo recording of their their songs, you can hear all three guitars playing. Maybe two of them will be doing rhythm parts but they'll both be doing something different so that they kind of complement each other and then someone's doing a lead line uh and so where most bands would have to layer these things they've got the people to do it all so they can perform it live almost exactly how it was and on that note they have a really killer live show yes they do very very high energy very tight live yep Um, before we move on uh, i just want to mention that they did do a an an acoustic album and they re-recorded there there and it they're in the bridge. It has some like three or four part harmonies on the guitar, mm. right? No, on the, oh, vocals. On the vocals. Yeah, the I've got my heart hung up on clothing lines, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a mm moment. That's in a moment for on you. the acoustic record, not on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's very good on on this record. Um, but check out the acoustic one if you haven't. Let's move on to track number two, which is my first recommendation. Okay, uh, this song is called "Passing Through a Screen Door." Oh. <laughs> Uh, screen doors are really summary. Like, uh, oh, summary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, did you guys have screen doors on your yeah. your house? Yeah. yeah, we did too. And I then... ran into it frequently on the deck. I oh. wouldn't realize the screen door was there, and then I would run into it. I feel like most people would run into glass doors, but <laughs> screen doors work too. Well, I guess. You know, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I just get really excited to go outside, yeah, like I a know. dog does. When, when it's summertime, you just got to go. Did you ever have those screen doors where? Uh, you had to like if the screen came out, you had like this piece of like rubbery, like this thin piece of rubber that you could put the screen back in. You had to push this rubber back into it. I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, that that's what not, I remember from screen doors. <laughs> that doesn't sound familiar to me. <laughs> okay, I just remember they were nice in the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this song really kicks up the energy from the previous yes, song. It does. Um, it gets you all pop punked out. <laughs> <laughs> And even though it really intensifies the energy, it continues the themes of anxiety and self-doubt. Yeah. Um, this song is about uh, 
I'm, I'm assuming time. Dan being like purposefully looking for things to go wrong so mm-hmm. that he can run away. Um, like he talks about, he was like born to be an escape artist's son. Yeah. Um, he's uh, he's got uh, a flashlight in the train times stuck in the corner of his bedside stand or whatever. Yeah. But so he can in- always leave. And that reminds me of a Frank Turner song, The Road. Do you remember yeah. that one where he talks yeah. about uh, having a bag packed clip by his by bed, the door, by yeah. the door all the time. Yeah. yeah. The passport always tucked in there. So that's yeah. that's kind of what that is. And um, I really like in the the bridge when he talks about like. He's pondering if he's like screwed up in his life because all of his friends are having oh, kids yeah. and having wives. And he's like, did I yeah. mess up? And in one just, of the lines he mentions being 26. And I yeah. remember 26. being 26, listening to the song and being like, man, yeah, I know I, exactly how you feel. I, I, did, I was in the same <laughs> spot too. It's weird. <laughs> uh, two years ago. Two years ago. Young Jesse. <laughs> two years is so long. Um, it doesn't feel that long ago though. It really doesn't. Time's weird. Time it flies. is. Time is weird. Yeah. But anyways, this song is super catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I'd say the chorus is a rager. Yeah. It's bouncy. It's super good live. You can jump around, have a good time. Um, there's a good Greatest Generation reference when he talks about those kids during the... Uh, the 60s. Yeah, like yeah. during the Cold War, looking up at the sky, waiting for the bomb to drop. Yeah. Um, and so that's just you waiting. Like I guess in his perspective, he's always waiting for something to, something to, go, to go wrong or yeah. something to happen to end everything. Yeah. I always think those bomb videos. Do you ever see the bomb videos, the duck and cover mm-hmm. videos? Yeah, those are all just black ridiculous. and white ones. Where if you see an atomic bomb going off, duck under your desk. Get under your desk. It's the safest place you can be. As if the radiation isn't going to give you cancer, <laughs> anyways. Either now you're going to now see here. Yeah. Once the atomic bomb goes off, you just got to go under your desk, Charlie, and and you'll be fine. You'll either get like pulverized and disintegrate, or yeah, you'll ooh, get man. cancer. There. are... Have you ever listened to like a, a podcast about uh, yes. the atomic bombs? It's very... It's really... Ghastly. It's re- crazy. And had lasting effects. Yeah, there's there's a, a lot of residual fallout, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. the uh, There's a great podcast called Hardcore History oh, and with I, Dan Carlin. And he oh. talks about... They go uh, real Hiro- in depth. He talks about Hiroshima, yeah. And it's intense. I'll very, you, very graphic. I'll tell you who can withstand the blast. Wolverine. Could he though? Yeah, he did in the movie The Wolverine. Oh, oh well, so did uh, Indiana Jones. Wait, was yeah. that an atomic bomb or was that just a bomb? I don't know. Whenever, remember when he was like, I know, I'll go in the fridge. I think it was an atomic bomb because the lead-lined refrigerator protected him from radiation. Ah, yes. Not wasn't, the wasn't best destroyed move. in the explosion at all. <laughs> anyway. And he went, yeah, he, he was should have been dead, but that's for yeah. another podcast. Yeah, some other movie podcast that talks about movie flaws. Yeah, for some reason, Indiana Jones didn't die like that. But let's move on to track number three, which is called We Could Die Like This. Well, <laughs> um, This isn't too far off from the energy of the last track, but I wouldn't say it's as fast. Um, and this song is about, and then there's a quote from The Wonder Years, blue-collar, hard-working, caustic culture. Mm. Uh, so he's kind of talking about that, like that Philly mentality and like yeah, things yeah, going on yeah. there yeah um, like this is the one where he talks about the uh the philadelphia eagles and their yep. one player uh what's his, his name? name joe uh, brown river jerome jerome brown, brown. Yeah. Uh, he died in a car crash i believe and really? he was yeah it was kind of affected the city because he was uh, a good mm. player and then all of a sudden was gone 
um, and how that was like an important thing to the the blue collar hardworking class. Yeah, um, I really liked some of the imagery in the song, like in the first chorus when he talks about the memory of the smells, like the true true blue true blue yeah cigarettes. The, the only brand is Grandma um, smokes, and it, like the smell smoked. of that mixed with copper tone, like the sunscreen. Yeah, so like that invokes the memory of looking at shorebirds. So it's just like he he really does a good way of explaining that one snapshot in time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he's very good at that. Kind of like how John K. Sampson can. Take words and describe in, things. Yeah, I can like use words and like elevate a feeling yeah. that's very hard hard to describe. Yeah, I think that jo- uh, how John K. Sampson can can do that about a feeling, Dan Campbell can do that about like a, a snapshot of it or yeah. an image. Yeah, like a photograph. Let's move on to track number four, shall we? We shall. This song is called "Dismantling Summer." It is my second recommendation. Um, oh yeah, this one starts off with that weird line. I'm pulling wings off insects. It's like, I'm okay. Healing back <laughs> my sunburnt skin. Um, this is one of the singles that they released prior to the album coming out. Um, and it is about his grandfather who had a triple bypass surgery and survived. Um, wow. So Dan Campbell um, postponed some tours and kind of moved his schedule around so he could be with family during that. And this is mm. what he wrote about is that time. Yeah, in his life. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, like every time I, lines. I didn't know this was specifically about his grandfather or for that reason. I, I figured it was either about always, a family or like a family friend. Cause he talked about growing up on their back porch Yeah, and wanting to go to the hospital. Uh, just crazy. Yeah. The, and then the, the descriptors dealing with, uh, the kind of struggling through that, from an emotional time. standpoint of like being the, Saying, the family. If you're if you're in a hospital bed and I'm on a on a plane or whatever, what kind of man does that make me? Like, yeah, like that's why? that's one of like the last lines in the bridge, and that's probably the most profound line from this song. Yeah, um, and it, it unknowingly points towards, I think it's the first track on their most recent album called Sister Cities, hmm. uh, and that song is called Kyo. Uh, raining in Kyoto, yep. and it's about him being in Japan when he got the news that his grandfather passed. Oh, really? He was on tour in Japan, and so wow. it's almost like foreshadowing, hmm. but it actually happened, which is kind That's of crazy, sad, but it's interesting. So he wrote about that in a different song, which is also worth checking out if you hmm. haven't. Uh, but in this song, his grandfather had that surgery, and he's just singing about kind of being emotionally distraught. Uh, my favorite part in the song is when he's talking about filling his grandfather's prescriptions and the orange yeah. bottles are staring at attention. They're lined up on the windowsill like a little army. Yeah. yeah. It's a good way to describe it because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously his grandfather's on a lot of medication. Yep. Yeah. Really good song. It's super, like even aside from all the thematic elements, it's super catchy. Uh, the chorus is a, a banger. It's a real anthem. Mm-hmm. As the youth would say, it really slaps. <laughs> no 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 steve they wouldn't say that they would say that chorus is fire mm, i don't know is that the thing anymore it's lit oh dude fire is the new thing i don't know Trust i feel me. like slaps is the new thing it slaps i i hear fire so many times oh, I don't know. all the time i don't know what do you confirm say? for me youth of the world <laughs> i don't think any of you listen to this we're, <laughs> we're too old uh anyways that's that's a great song one of my favorites from this record yeah um i love it there's really only one song that I'm not a fan of on this song. I mean, on this album. I think there's probably two for me, but I think there's one in particular, and I bet you it's the same one. I wonder if it is. We'll see. One that's a bit of an outlier? Yeah. Okay, then we're probably talking about the same one. Production-wise? Production-wise, sound-wise, theme-wise. Yes. Yeah. Talking about the same one, then. All right, moving on to track number five, which is called oh, The yeah. Bastards, The Vultures, The Wolves. 
Oh yeah. I, I wish there was an and in there. <laughs> it's my own personal grievance. I wish it was the bastards, the vultures, and the wolves. <laughs> but it's not. Um, this is a punk rock song. Yes, it it's is. Fast. Thank it's goodness. Awesome. Um, it's very nice. Like it's got that like that real fast, and it starts off with yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Kind of like a, like really a drone and the, this guitar that's just plucked Bling. real softly. Bling. 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 And then it kicks in big time. Real fast, real heavy. Uh, like I'm 18 again. Yeah. And it's just, it's uh, ragey and angsty sounding. Yeah. I guess songs are thing about things going wrong and fighting through it kind of and causing some damage. Um, a little later on in the song, he references an older Wonder Years song. And he does this throughout the album where he references previous songs. Really? Uh, but on this one in particular, he references the first song from their previous album, which was called Suburbia, I've Given You All and I'm Nothing. Okay. Um, and that song is called Came Out Swinging. Oh, yeah. Um, he says, and yes, I came out swinging. Yeah. But I'm still leaving with two black eyes and a split lip. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's like the a good indicator of the song where he's... Still fighting and still getting banged up and still struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great song, though. Yeah. Ah, it really is. It's a good one to get you going if you want to get going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's uh, let's tone it down a little bit with the next song, shall we? All right. Uh, track number six, which is my honorable mention, is called The Devil in My Bloodstream. Um, and this is more of a ballad feel. A little uh, bit, yeah. Than like the classic pop punk or punk rock. Yep. Um, and it starts off on a piano, so it's it's real different. Um, this song's about his great-grandfather who passed away, um, and Dan Campbell sent out a tweet talking about his great-grandfather that he didn't really know too much, um, but he had got his whole, a hand on his great-grandfather's memoirs, and he was kind of leafing through them, um, reading about his experiences in war and his depression, mm. um, and he sings about it in this song how he can relate to the dep- depression, but if he ever was like to go to war, he would don't be too much of a coward. Yeah. Make it, yeah. Yeah. And, in this song, when he goes to that line where he's talking about how he'd be a coward, that's when this song hits the climax and explodes. Yeah. And he, it just gets so loud and so big. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it really, ter- It's really catchy, really awesome sounding. Laura Stevenson does the harmonies on this song. Oh, really? Yeah, listen to it again. You can definitely oh, pick it out. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, now that you mention it, there, there was a, a girl singer in one of the songs, and I couldn't quite place who it was. I was like, huh, who is yeah. that? You remember oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot that they were, they were buddies. Yes. I forgot about and that. On the acoustic album, she did harmonies on There, There. Yeah. And do you remember when we saw the acoustic show? Yeah. She came out and sang some harmonies with them, plus her band opened up. That yeah. was great. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, in this song, though, I like the the visuals that he gives on the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, talking about how we wiped, all, wiped out all the buffalo and all that's left is love and industry. Yeah. And in like in the heart of Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> Missouri, Missouri. Yeah. But it's it's just a really good song. Uh, if you're an emotional person, it'll cut you to the core. <laughs> Cuts you um, quick. But this next song can also be emotional. Uh, my it's my last recommendation. It's called Teenage Parents. A good one. Uh, another autobiographical song about growing up with teenage parents and being poor. Yes. Um, again, his imagery and his words put you in his shoes and kind of experience. Um, what he sees and what he feels. Um, like he talks about his parents coming home and having double shifts and maybe just being able to catch each other yeah. as the other leaves. And like his clothes smell like smoke because he has to, they had to they have had to heat the house with, with kerosene, kerosene yeah. during the winter of 93. Yeah. Because they were in Philly, so they got hit with the storms that came up the coast, mm-hmm. um, like the nor'easters or whatever you would call those weird storms. Yeah. Um, but it's just very good imagery he uses in here. 
um, in the bridge when he talks about the wedding and his mom wearing a summer dress when she got married. Yeah. Like if you're wearing a summer dress, it's because maybe you can't afford a wedding dress. Yeah. Like, and they had their wedding in the backyard, someone's house in Philly. Um, but I think, and this is just my opinion, I think this is the catchiest song on the record. Hmm. That chorus. Oh, we had oh, yeah, yeah. hand-me-downs. Oh, we had was Goodwill. So, I mean, literally it could be a Goodwill store, maybe the Goodwill of others giving them things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you always said it would get better. That's yeah. the, the recurring thing. Is you always said it would get better. So I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. his mom or his dad. But probably, yeah. probably his mom saying that. Um, but I love this song a lot. Just Yeah, just a fantastic song. Both in theme and in, like you said, the chorus being incredibly catchy. Yeah. And it's a faster one too, so it's great. Um, <laughs> so I think this is a real good uh, punch song. And so you follow it up <laughs> with a chaser, per se. This next song, track number eight, is called Chaser. Um, so he could be talking about a literal chaser, like a follow to a, a shot. Or someone who chases someone. Or someone who chases someone, which I think yeah. is more likely yeah. the case yeah. um, based on the lyrics. Um, but the <clears throat> he sings about smoke in this song. Mm-hmm. And I always think, could this be a reference to the smoke in the previous song? But I'm not entirely sure that it is or not. the cigarette smoke. It could either be the cigarette smoke or the, their smoky clothes from the kerosene oh, in the previous yeah. song. Um, either way, but I think it's or just maybe be a reference to Brian Fallon's song, Smoke, even though this came up before. <laughs> I don't think it's a reference <laughs> to that. Um, but it's a, it's a good one. It's got a, a real catchy chorus. I'm a yeah. chaser, mm-hmm. but I found stronger winds. Uh, but that's all I have to say about that. Move on to track number nine, where we pick up the pace again. The song's called An American Religion, parentheses FSF, uh, which stands for F School Forever. Really? Really? <laughs> Apparently, that's an inside <laughs> joke with the band, or so I read on Lyric Genius, uh, which is pretty funny. Um, FSF. The song, mean, yeah. The song's about kind of getting some like fame or notoriety and how it affects you and how it affects others' perception of you. Yeah, I um, can see that. Like the chorus is, they're all paying for bullets to shoot at my feet. Does that make you happy? Yeah. Um. So I don't know if they're trying to make him dance or if they're trying to make him leave. I don't know. Probably um, the dance one. Could be. Who knows? Um. But I he, mean, I would assume that that would that that would mess with you. Yeah, definitely. Like mentally, it'd just be weird. I mean, it it affects a lot of people. Look at Kurt Cobain. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, but he also talks about like how he is going to be remembered now that he's kind of. A public figure. Uh, he references Truman, another Greatest Generation mm-hmm. reference. Yep. I'm saying how he's only remembered for the, for the bomb, the bomb drop, like dropping the bomb, and he's he wonders if he's only going to be remembered for his screw ups, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really good song, really fast, and it's a jam. Um, yeah. Kind of just like uh, the Vulture song. Uh, it's another punk rock song. Really good, really fast paced. The next Always song is not those. as fast paced. Always happy when those punk rock so- songs show up. Oh, me too. Anytime. Um, but this song, track number 10, is called A Rain Dance in Traffic. Um, it, I wouldn't say it's a slow song, but it's definitely slower. Um, this song's about being weathered and feeling weak. Hmm. Um, like in the chorus, he says, the fighter in me must have died a long time ago. Um, and then he kind of references the greatest generation again, or slightly before them, when the he says, great it, depression. it yeah. feels like 1929 and I'm on the verge of a great collapse today. Yeah. Um, so he talks about that. Um, definitely a lot of fighter and boxing references. Yeah. Um, and kind of being beat down and just trying to put on a face, I guess. Yeah. And it's uh, there are a couple other really good uh, lines in here. Uh, one of them is every window in this house faces a brick wall. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, obviously windows are supposed to 
let you see out into the world and are kind of have more optimistic feel. Yeah. But if they just lead to a brick wall, then it's not very yeah. optimistic. And then he also says... That, that visual is almost like if you were in a, a major city in an apartment. If you can imagine yeah. two buildings so close together that being when you look like out your that. window, you're looking at, at the bricks of another building. Yeah. yeah. And then he also says, I'm panicked and ab- absent like a bird in a cage. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've ever, if you've ever had birds... Um, have, did you ever have birds as a kid? I did not. Um, if any of you out there have had birds... As a kid, um, you definitely know what he's talking about. We had we had birds, and like they would just be like tweeting all the time, just being like, tweet, ah. tweet, 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 just like flying around in their cage, like mm. seem, seem let me like, go. Yeah, seeming like they're kind of agitated. Let's move on to an outlier, shall we? Yeah, is this the song you're talking about? Yep. Yeah, this is one uh, that I'm not really fond of. The song's called Madeline. Um, it's acoustic and vocals the whole way through. And it sounds like it was recorded with one microphone in a living room almost. I think yeah. that's definitely the aesthetic he was going for. Yeah. Um, it's about him singing to the song name, this girl named Madeline. Uh, and they kind of have some similar views. Uh, the and they don't necessarily <clears throat> meld with their families or with uh, other people they grew up with in their views. Yeah. So they're kind of commiserating that way. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it really fits in with the rest of the album. Yeah. Maybe if they would have had it be like a bonus track. I think it's a, a good bonus track. I don't think it's a good inclusion on the album. Yeah, I agree. But it almost kind of like breaks it up weirdly. It is. Like Usually, you go you go from the whole album being produced a certain way and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're just like... And you're I, I'm all for sonic it. changes, but this one just doesn't work for me. If it happened more than once in the album, then it would make more sense. Yeah. But I mean, it's their album. They, but, they can do what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Not my just favorite. Not my, yeah, it's not my favorite either. The song... And I think I like the song... Apart from the album, if the song was apart from the album, I think like, I would like it. Like if it was a bonus track. Yeah, yeah, but we're on a different album. Yeah, but who knows? That's, that's enough. Moving on to track number eleven, the song's called "Cul-de-sac." Cul-de-sac. Um, and a cul-de-sac is a dead end in a suburb, and this song's or about a dead it, end of a relationship. Or is it a clever way to turn around? It's about a dead end. Okay. <laughs> the ending, <laughs> I'd say. Um, this song is about quote unquote breaking up, if you can use that word, uh, with a childhood friend. Um, oh. who's become kind of toxic and you find out a little bit later in the song it's because his friends kind of got tangled up in drug use oh um, and so that relationship's kind of going down the drain yeah it sounds um, like it sounds like someone from my past it happens yeah it yeah. does um it's kind of sad in the chorus like the line that i always kind of get bummed out is when he says i thought my kids would call you uncle mm. um so like like not a really, not a, like a really close not a friend. literal uncle, but like a it's like a really really yeah. Close when you have friend. a good friend, and you have a kid. Your kids yeah. would call your best friend uncle. Yeah, um, but not happening here. Hmm. Um, aside from all that heavy stuff, the song isn't really like a punk song, but I'd say it's a faster one. Um, super catchy. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I'm letting go. I'm not that this would call me uncle because I kids would call you uncle. Mm. It's a super catchy song. I really like it a lot. Um, shall we song. move on to the last song? Let's. The last song is my second honorable mention. Yeah, this song is a this song is a feat. It is a feat. It's uh, it's called "I Just Want to Sell at My Funeral." Um, yeah. It's over seven minutes long. Seven and a half. Uh, and it's polluted with lyrics, but yes. in a good way. In a very yeah. good way. Um, this is also in reference to his great grandfather that he didn't know too well when he tweeted out about reading his great grandmother's great-grandfather's memoirs he had mentioned that his grandfather had sold out his funeral must have been a great man like he said something along those lines um and so that i'm assuming prompted him to want to write this song like yeah 
Maybe it was the greatest generation that were able to have this effect on their peers. Maybe we don't have that. Maybe I don't have that. Yeah. That quality. And so he's just kind of like questioning that. Um, he wants to, and I'm going to say this sentence and kind of paraphrase some of the things that he says in the song. Um, like he wants to live up to, to that standard that his grandfather set. Um, he wants to do what he can. Um, he wants to be great and he wants to be enough for everyone. Yeah. Um, which is difficult to do. Very much um, so. Almost the, like an impossible task, it seems. It is. It but is. And I think he kind of touches upon that. If not impossible, very, very difficult. Yeah. And takes a lot of effort and it's time consuming. In, in, in the end of the song, he, he kind of says, we all want to be great. Uh, I don't remember the lyric off the top of my head, but he says, we all want to be great, um, but it isn't a romantic idea, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you can see the lyric in front of you. Um, um, I'm looking it's for one that. of the last lyrics on that song where he says, and we all just want to be great, blah, 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 blah. We just want to be great. Is it after or before the... It's near, it's like one of the last... of all the songs. One of the last lines in that song. We all want to be great men and there's nothing romantic about it. I just want to know that I did all I could with what I was given. And I think that's a great closing line to the album. Yeah, I think so too, especially... But before that... Okay, we'll come back to that last line. But before that, the whole second half of the song they bring back musical motifs and ideas and lyrics and lyrics and everything from about nine other songs on this record yeah it's pretty crazy and i i think they go in order don't they no they don't they don't okay um they don't i know they, they start off with uh sorry i don't laugh at the right time and they start off with that one anyway i think so but what I think is, I think they bring back some of the more profound lyrics from some of the other songs and yeah. kind of tie them into this idea of what's, like, he kind of puts them all together to kind of give you an idea of his, like, stream of consciousness or what he's kind of, like, thinking and feeling. Yeah. And that kind of ties all of these songs together in one song, one kind of clump. Yeah, yeah, and I think... And that brings you to the last line. Yeah, I think the last line definitely ties it on. I just want to do the best with what I have. Yeah. I just want to know that I did all I could with what I was given. Yeah. And just so making this song is very ambitious and making it work is, is better. all the better. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, they're really good with their closing tracks, at least this album and the album before. Yeah. Um, both of them are fantastic, but, uh, but this one's just something else. I saw them do this one live once. Really crazy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They did it really good. Um, but anyway, I wanted to say one more thing about that last line. Yeah. Uh, that last line, I think, really captures an emotion that a, a lot of people, I think, have. Yeah, I agree. Right. Like, everybody... I, I think it's a good mission statement to, ha- to like, live your life by. Kind of just yeah. have that in the like, back of your mind. Because, like, you... Like, we couldn't control, you know, who we were. Like, we were born. Yeah. I couldn't control what family you were born into or, you know... But you can do the best with what you've yeah. been given. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's just a great... Um, uplifting statement to have like even through with all all of the other pain and whatever else that he talked about in the album Mm -hmm. he wants to at least know that yeah that he can do the best with what he was given 
So fantastic album. Yeah. All in all, it's a great record. Um, I hadn't listened to it for a little while, but once we knew we were going to review this and I started yeah, spinning again, yeah, I, I, I forgot I. how and much I liked it. Yeah. I forgot how good it was. Yeah, it's so good. I, I, I'm going to go back and listen to more of their discography again in the couple Yeah, couple I really weeks. should. Um, the, one, on, the one that I listened to the most was the one with that that blue one. Um, um, what's it called? Uh, no Closer to Heaven. Yeah, No Closer to That's Heaven. That's a good one, too. I listen to that one a lot. We're as no well. saviors if we can't save our brothers. brothers. Yeah. I like that one, too. Real good. Uh, but you should start listening to Suburbia. I've given you all now nothing because I will re- recommend, recommend that one at some point. Time. Okay. Um, and cool enough, there's a song called Suburbia. There's a song called I've Given You Everything. And there's a song called And Now I'm Nothing. Hmm. Um, and that's like the first song, middle song, and last song, I think. Or they they, they kind of fall into equal parts on the album, kind of similar to what John K. Sampson did on um, Reconstruction Site. Okay. So it's kind of a cool little way to buy in the album. Gotcha. Yeah. But anyways, great album. Definitely yeah. recommend listening to Definitely this thing front to back. Definitely listen to that. Yeah, it's super for sure, solid. For sure, front to back. Um, any other thoughts on this beer? Um, As it's gotten warmer, uh, it kind of tastes the same. Yeah, it's it's really consistent. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's nice. You if still you wish were, there was more hops? Uh, it'd be nice with them, but I, I think mean, it's maybe since they're saying like a good summer yeah, beer, yeah, like yeah. a good thing to I have was, like yeah, in the I was sun. About to, I was about to say like that one would probably be like the IPA one would probably be a lot better in the fall. Yeah. This would be more in sessionable the in the sun. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I'm having this, if it was like really hot out, this would be really tasty to have. A really big honking IPA might not be. Yeah. Or be a, a coffee porter might be too a little bit dark too heavy for, for the summer. But yeah. this this could really work. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, well, we're going to be coming back with a regular formatted episode in which I review the, the album, album Loveless, Loveless by, by Bullet for My Valentine. Bullet for My Valentine, not My Bloody Valentine. <coughs> Two very different bands, so I've learned. And I will be reviewing Avenged Sevenfold's album City of Evil. City of Evil. I'm not looking. I'm not. I've I've started listening to it, and, it, and it's uh, oof. I don't know if I can. There say are some, anything good about it. There are some songs on this Loveless album that I, I'm struggling with, but yeah, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. It'll be good. Um, as always. Or as the kids say, it'll be Gucci. It'll be Gucci. I don't know if they actually say that. <laughs> they did at one point in time. I don't know if they still do. <laughs> I'm too out of touch. I just learned what the, the word clout meant. Clout? Clout. Clout? Yeah. Like if you like uh, have a lot of followers and a lot of influence, you got a lot of clout. A cult? Clout. C L O U T or something like that. Doesn't clout mean something else? The Colossus of Clout. Babe Ruth. I don't know what it means. Oh. <laughs> um, but like the, the Great Bambino. You just follow them for you their clout. You don't know who the Great Bambino is? The I Great thought it Bambino. Was, I thought it was a sh- I thought it was a she, Baby Ruth. <laughs> what a great movie. <laughs> Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. <laughs> I got to really watch uh, that one. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, like always, uh, check us out on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can just find us at American Brews and Tunes or shoot us an email at Brews and, uh, what is it? American Brews and Tunes at gmail.com. At gmail.com. If um, you want to recommend an episode yeah, for us to listen an, to. Yeah. For a one-off episode. Yeah, just, if you want an album for us to listen to, just say it. If there's like an album that's your favorite and you're like, you guys should listen to this album or if because it's, al- it's my favorite. Yeah, or if it's like this album's terrible, you guys should listen to it. He he he. Yeah, we'll then do we'll it. Do that. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, let's uh, finish our beers and sign off, shall we? Sounds like a plan. Down the Duncan Hatch. That is a good brew. That's not bad. I like it.
Once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Wow. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity.